In today's show, we're taking a look at the waiver wire, players who might be available in your league. Michael Bolton? Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. And we're available on all platforms. Looking at the waiver wire, players to add, players to drop. Just giving you a warning, you're going to get shows coming thick and fast today. Going to have three shows coming out within the next couple of hours. Hopefully all out before the Super Bowl. That's the aim. But here we go. Most added players. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hard to get a great look at this just because... The two games on today, people are heavily streaming those guys, so it is going to be influenced a lot by players on the teams playing today. But in saying that, a lot of those guys playing today have some value. And we'll start with a couple of front court guys in Indiana, in O'Shea Brissett and Jalen Smith. I don't know how it's going to work out. We're still that There could possibly be five guys, maybe six guys, competing for the 96 minutes in that front court. The six guy yeah, being Miles Turner when he comes back. Then you've got the Red Rooster, Gogo Badadze, Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Smith, and O'Shea Brissett. That's a terrible recipe for fantasy value and success. Last game, it was Brissett. But that was with Jackson playing 12 minutes, Turner not playing, Taylor not playing, and um, Gogo playing 10 minutes. Like, is that what's realistically going to happen every game? Like, of course it isn't. So it is It is hard. Look, Jalen Smith was his first game. He played 21 minutes. Could he overtake Brissett? Carlisle has been anti Brissett all season, but then he had that really good game. I don't know how to judge it. I honestly don't. I think you, at the moment, you've got to lean with the starter, and that is Brissett. But Smith probably has the better overall fantasy skill set if they could play equivalent minutes. Same goes with Goga and Jackson. Jackson's probably a better upside player, but if Goga starts and Jackson plays 22 minutes and Goga plays 28, not likely, then you go that way. I would still probably go with Jackson as the number one guy out of that group. Um, yeah, Brissett at the moment, but I, I'm not sold on it. I'm, I'm not at him. Sure, stream him. Let's figure it out. But I'm not sold on how that goes. Gallinari, Okongwu, and Herder have been added in a lot of spots. The Hawks play today. They're great stream options. They're not must-roster players. Of course, Johnny Collins is out, though up until the All-Star break at least. I don't think we'll see much Capella and Okongwu together, but it does help Okongwu because it means that we don't get those minutes of Collins at center. So theoretically, 48 minutes between Capella and Okongwu split at center versus 44 or 45 or whatever they were doing before. So there's a couple of extra minutes that Anyeka can top up there. Of course, Gallinari can get some extra minutes playing at the four. He, instead of playing 22, he might play 26. So they could have some long-standing value. And then the more that guys like Gallinari play at the four... 
and DeAndre Hunter has to push up to the four, there's more minutes available for Kevin Herter. So while they're great stream options just for Sunday, with Collins out, there's a little bit of value in all three of those guys up at least until the All-Star break. It is a little bit of a trickle-down effect. Cam Thomas, we know he scores. He, he scores a lot. And Kyrie Irving is playing one game in the next 14 days. Uh, no, 16 days, I think it is. One game he's got. It, actually, it might, maybe it's two in the next 18. It's something ridiculous, right? He's only got eight more games left this season, Kyrie. And Thomas is going to be impacted by Curry. He's going to be impacted by Simmons. And then he's going to be impacted by Durant. And he's not going to have value then. But for now, if you're looking for help in the points category, Thomas can help you. He doesn't do anything else. But he can help you at the moment. Pat Beverly. People are adding amazing stuff. That's great. I don't know why it's taken so long, but here we go. Um, he should have obviously been added a long time ago. I guess people are streaming him in just because of today's game, but he needs to be rostered. You'll see this name on a couple of lists. Um, Alexei Pokashevsky, he's been added a lot. And then with Aaron Wiggins surprisingly back last game, his minutes dropped way off. Now, Pokashevsky, over the last two weeks on a per-game basis, is a top 40 player. That's just an undeniable fact. But you always got to look at context. You can't always just look at pure numbers. That's not how this stuff works. Is that realistic to move forward? No. Is it something that we have to consider? Yeah. But if he's going to play 16 minutes with Aaron Wiggins splitting that time, then he's not going to be worth it. If he works back to 26 minutes, then he is. So there was no problem adding him. You probably had to do it. But as you'll see on the next page, he's been dropped in a lot of leagues. And I think that's probably the right call too. Zach Levine is out through the All-Star break. Actually, that's not true. He's out for all of the games before the All-Star break. He's allegedly going to participate in the All-Star break or the All-Star game festivities. But the I guess the, the situation there with, with him at the, at the All-Star week, the, the way that it's worded, it says he's still planning to participate in All-Star weekend. So what does that mean? That doesn't mean he's planning on playing in the All-Star game. It means he might just be playing, taking part in the three-point shootout. He might be taking part in media day. He might be just going to the All-Star break. This knee has been bothering him for a long time. He's had the back issues. I am really worried about this with Levine. And the fact that he's allegedly playing in the All-Star, don't read this as saying he is playing in the All-Star game. It's saying he's participating in All-Star weekend. It is quite a different thing. And I know it's just being um, pedantic with words, but it's really, really important to, to be able to pass through that information. Right? He is planning to participate in All-Star weekend. He's not planning to play in the All-Star game. He's planning to participate in All-Star Weekend. That is very important. There was a time a couple of years ago, remember when Jimmy Butler was in the All-Star game and he played like, what, 10 seconds or something or just sat on the bench the whole game, didn't play at all because he was hurt? Is Levine going to do that? Yeah, it's possible. I am really worried about this. This all brings me back to say, Ayo Desumnu has been one of the most added players. I don't know why he wasn't added already, but if he is on any of your waiver wise, he's a must-roster player. And I think grabbing Kobe White... And Javante Green, if they're available, is the right move at the moment. And of course, Devin Vassell. He was a clear winner coming out of the trade deadline. We have not seen Josh Richardson's impact or Romeo Langford's impact, if there is any. But I would be absolutely staggered if Vassell does not remain a must-roster player. He was playing like 27, 26 minutes a night. He's played 31 a night since Derek White's been traded. I don't. If Richardson will play a role, but he'll take it from... Lonnie Walker, most likely. Like, he's not going to take it, I don't think, from Vassell. Vassell is their future. They traded White to accelerate the future. And Vassell is going to get those minutes. 
Devin Vassell should not be on any single waiver wire anywhere. And I say this, I guess, from a biased point of view, because you know that I think that Devin Vassell is a really good player. I think he's a much better prospect than Keldon Johnson. I think he's going to develop into a like a Mikhail Bridges type player with probably a little bit less defensive stuff, but more offensive pop. I think he's going to be, and I think next year, look, yeah, maybe this is hyperbolic, probably is. Like, there is a real top 70 case to be made at this early stage for Devin Vassell next season. There's a top 70, top 80 case for him rest of season here. He is a must-roster player. There will be ups and downs. There will be stinkers. There will be inefficient nights, and there will be bad nights. There is no doubt. There will be slumps, and there will be high points. There's no worries about that. It's a second-year player who hasn't had a starring role or an extended role at all. But he is. I'm telling you now, he is a guy that you can't leave on the wire. Even if it doesn't work out, you cannot leave Devin Vassell on the wire. You also cannot leave Bilt Bars on the wire, because why would you? They're the best-tasting protein bar ever. I wake up every morning. And I just go, what, what did I dream about last night? And I go, that's right, Bilt Bar. Those foil crisp packets just crinkling in my dreams because I just wish I had them. I wish I could lay in bed. Like, it's like that scene from Breaking Bad when the guy's laying on the money. I'd lay on a box of built boxes of Bilt Bars as far as the eye could see because they are the best tasting protein bar ever. They're filled with protein, 17 grams, but they're low in calories, 130. And you know how many grams of sugar in these bars. You know it. Say it out loud with me. It's four, just four. Whereas candy bars, they're jam-packed full of calories and they are very low in protein. But the taste, it's indistinguishable between the two. So head to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 and get yourself boxes of Built Bar. Built Bar is built different. Let's look at droppable players. Um, again, I'll say it every week because there's always going to be new, new people watching, new listeners. Hi, welcome if you're here. Hello. A droppable player is not someone that you have to go, oh my God, they're on my roster. I've got to get rid of them. What am I doing? They've got to be dropped. Who are you adding? Oh, it doesn't matter. I've just got to drop them. That's not how any of this works. These are players that if you are looking to activate a player off injured reserve, if you're looking to execute a trade where you've got two players coming in, if you're looking to stream players in, if you're looking to take a flyer on someone, if you lose out on this guy, I wouldn't say it's the end of the world. Now, there's going to be times when maybe I go too early on these guys or you know they end up having better value due to injuries. It's really hard. Like You can't know this stuff all the time. But these are players that at this point in time, I wouldn't feel that bad about losing out on them. And you might drop some of them and someone grabs them straight away. And that's totally fine. And in a lot of cases, it's going to be all, it's always situational dependent. So I've got the first name here is Jackson Hayes. Because as I said, when that... You know, he was starting and so many people were all, as as the kids would say, riding his dick. Um, oh, look how he's, he's the future. He's going to do this. And I was like, yeah, let's see. Josh Hart's out. Let's see what happens. And I go, I think there's a chance here that Hart is traded, but they bring back CJ McCollum, which of course is what happened. And my thought was, hey, the CJ and Devontae Graham backcourt is a terrible pairing. And if I was them, run CJ at point guard and actually try to see what you've got with Hayes. But Willie Green hasn't done that, has he? He's putting Hayes in a backup role who's playing 20 minutes a night. Now, the CJ and Devontae Graham pairing has not looked good. I don't think it's worked well at all. And there could be a change coming. So if you've got some patience, you can hold on to Hayes in the hope that Willie Green makes the correct decision. But we haven't seen Trey Murphy play all year. We've seen weird decisions being made by this team a lot of the time. So that could just be one that you're holding out, holding out, holding out, hoping for an injury or a change in mind that never comes. And if you're in a fight where you need wins and you need categories and you need games played now, it's not looking good. Pokusevsky, we talked about already. Yeah, he was added a lot. I, but you can drop him. Like That was there. The 25 was there. You play 14. See you later. Bye. 
Javante Green's been dropped in a lot of um, Yahoo leagues. This isn't me telling you that he should be dropped. It's telling you he has been dropped. I would not allow that. I would reverse that course. But in saying that, Green's injured too. He's got a sore foot and he might not play through the All-Star break, along with Levine. So that's going to be a situational ad. Can I afford to add him? Do I have an injured reserve slot? Because if he's out, well, there's no point. There's no benefit with Levine gone. Rashawn Holmes. Unfortunately, I hate to do it to the man, but Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here! Ah, uh, guys, I think I'm just going to hold for a little bit with Rashawn, because what if they decide that their best lineup is playing Holmes and Sabonis together? They're not. They're just not going to play those two together. That would be a horrendous lineup from a spacing perspective. Even a defensive perspective would be pretty weird. Um, they're just not going to do it. And if you recall, which I'm sure you can, before the trade, Rashawn Holmes was starting and they were only playing him 22 minutes a night. And they were playing Damian Jones minutes. And we were frustrated with what Gentry was doing. So I don't think there's any way that the Gentry is going to go, oh, you know what, let's, um, let's play them together and let's get Rashawn back to 30. Like, it's just not going to happen. Famous last words. I'm sure it happens next game and I look like a complete dickhead. But it's just not happening. I know it's great. I know you invested a pick. and I know he's putting up top 50 numbers and top 40 numbers at one stage and then top 70. And it's really painful to look at a guy and see season rank of whatever it is, 80 or 70, and go, sorry, you've got to be dropped. But you've got to be dropped. And again, this is not saying you must drop them. But it's as pretty bloody close as I'm going to get to saying you must drop someone in a 12-team format. There is, I don't see any rationale. I dropped him over the weekend in like the two leagues that I had him in. I think I had him in both of my leagues. Both of my main Yahoo leagues, I had him. Bye. See you later. I, you served me sort of well. I'll see you later. Malik Monk's been dropped in a lot of leagues. I'm not sure I believe that. I know Frank Vogel continues to make lineup decisions and lineup mistakes. Sorry, decisions is the wrong word. Mistakes. By playing Avery Kids. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry on this Super Bowl day, Valentine's Day here. I'm sorry you have to hear this. Avery fucking Bradley. When will Frank Vogel NBA teams realize that Avery Bradley is actually bad? Like he's actually bad. And we're benching Malik Monk to play Avery Bradley, Stanley Johnson, and Trevor Ariza. Frank Vogel. Get that garbage out of here! Anyway, I'll hold Monk and see what happens. Not for long, though. Gary Harris, yeah, no need to hold him. Jalen Green is not a player that you need to roster. I know that in March, he might pop off. But, no. Like, we're desperate times here. If he pops off, you add him, and if you miss him, oh, well. This one always hurts, and it always bites me in the ass. Because earlier in the season, remember, for the first two months of the season, Robert Covington was bad. Like, he was really bad, and he wasn't worth holding on to. And then I said, all right, we'll drop him. And then he went bananas. But he's played what? 15 minutes in the last two games. We knew that there was going to be an issue in LA with how minutes would be determined. 11-man rotations, so many wings playing 20 minutes. You don't have to drop Robert Covington, but it's really trending that way. And if you do need to create a roster spot, like you can't hold a bloke getting 15 minutes a night. You just can't. Even if maybe he plays 28 minutes later on, if there's injuries, I know all that. But he's got to be firmly in your drop zone, in your firing line, I think. The wiki Chris Boucher, same. Yeah, Thad Young didn't even play last game, which was weird. But I also talked about that with the Raptors, saying, hey, Thad Young could come in. But remember, now at the moment, like all four of their best reserves are all centers. 
So how does it work? Is there going to be enough minutes for Thad? Well, the answer at the moment is clearly no. Clearly no. And if you want to drop Thad Young, no problem. Again, he, we needed him to get like 24, 25 minutes. He got zero. It's a long way up. And how do you pass through that playing time? It's tough. But Boucher, like he's... I know a lot of people are, oh, what about that fantasy upside? He hasn't actually been that great on a permanent fantasy upside this year as he has been in the past. But that allure is still there. But when you're playing 16 minutes a night, 17 minutes a night, and there's Young, and there's Achura, and there's Birch, and the starters play 40 minutes a night, I don't see the purpose. I'd see you later. And then the next one, Davion Mitchell. Back on the bench. This one will continually baffle me. Hey, Davion and Tyrese Halliburton, they're working so well together as a young backcourt. That's great. So let's trade one of those, bring De'Aaron Fox back, and that means that Fox and Mitchell can't actually play together, and then bring in a bunch of wings like Holiday and DiVincenzo and Lamb so Mitchell gets marginalized. Now, I don't love Mitchell as a lottery pick. You're all well aware of that. I, I had him, I think, in the 20s in my mock draft. He's had a few little flashes, but I just don't think it was the right pick for Sacramento at all. And now that they're playing these other wings ahead of him, and he's basically being forced into a backup point guard role, it's really hard. And he has so many struggles from field goal percentage and free throw percentage issues. And with Fox back, it's really hard. Look, him starting, playing 34 minutes a night, was worth taking that gamble on it and rostering and seeing how it goes. Him playing 23 a night as a backup point guard is not in any way near, near it. Could he come back and be a force and reduce the minutes of Lamb and Holiday and DiVincenzo? Sure, he could. Will he? I don't think... My faith's not really there in it. It's, it's, it's not looking good. It is not looking good. But I'll tell you what is looking good. That's bet online because we are here. We're just before the Super Bowl. But even if the Super Bowl's over, there's heaps of stuff bet online. More props, more odds, more lines than ever before. Basketball's flying. College hoops is going. There's so much for you to get into. So all the latest odds, totals, player props, and wherever the next fired coach is going to land, whenever the next coach is actually fired, BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right next to Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's fly through the must roster players because these are just guys, if they're on your waiver wire, I reckon you got to grab them. Herb Jones, Patrick Beverly, Josh Hart, and Jared Vanderbilt. I've been saying this all year for these guys. Well, not all year. Majority of the year. Got to add them. All right, easy. Devin Vassell, we spoke about. Brandon Clark. I go back and forth on Clark, but he's been great over the last little bit of time. And last game with Stephen Adams failing out, he played like 32 minutes. 32 minutes of Brandon Clark should get everyone excited. It's not going to be what they do every night, but him and Isaiah Jackson, who's the other last name on my must roster list, the upside of those guys to be top 70 players if they can push through to 27 minutes is really interesting. And for that reason, you shouldn't leave them on the wire just to see where it... Now, Brandon Clark goes back and plays 18 minutes a night, which he did for a stretch about three weeks ago. It's really hard to justify that. If Isaiah Jackson's ankle can't ever get right, and he plays 20 minutes a night coming behind Goga Badadze, giggity, then how do we you know, justify that? You can't. But I also think that at this point, we just got to have them and, and grab them off the wire if they're there. Let's look at some upside grabs. And I include these names because you've asked me a lot. The headmaster, Jamal Murray, and his teammate, Maga Porter Jr. There's always these you know, comments 
from the Nuggets. Oh, you know, you know that, that'll be that's up to them if they want to return. That'll be cleared, and, and if oh, do, we, do we stash them? The Nuggets got a disabled player exception for Michael Porter Jr., meaning it is more likely than not that he is not able to return before the middle of June. That is what the disabled player exception criteria is. That doesn't mean that he can't return. But again, for him to make an impact in fantasy playoffs means that he has to be three months ahead of that expected timetable that independent doctors placed on him and then rolling at a level where he's playing enough minutes. And remember, he was dreadful to start the season. You are in the battle for head-to-head playoffs. Do you, can you afford to waste ads, roster spots, injured reserve slots on a guy that most likely doesn't come back, and if he does, will be extraordinarily limited early on? And that goes for both of those guys. And I think the answer to that is no. Now, if you have an open injured reserve slot, there's, if you have an open injured reserve slot, fill it. Fill the slot. No problem. Now, if it means that you're constantly filling that spot by, by burning all your waiver ads for the week, then that's not great strategy. But if you've got a a spare ad, if you've got a spare injured slot, add it. But don't look at it and go, well, now I've got Michael Porter Jr. in my injured slot. So when somebody else gets hurt, Zach Levine, I don't actually have that spot. So therefore, I've got to hold an injured guy on my bench. That's, That's bad strategy. But if that slot's open and there's no one in it, yeah. I wouldn't be prioritizing adding those guys though. I've got Dennis Schroeder on this list. Um, I don't think he's going to have the value in Houston. Again, he probably needs 27 minutes a night and decent usage. I don't know why Houston would give him those minutes. Steven Silas has done plenty of dumb things this season though. This is more that, hey, if he does get bought out, which they claim they're not going to do, but the Wizards also claimed that Christos Porzingis would be available for their first game and he's already been ruled out for two. Malcolm Brogs, no, he's really close. Yeah, he's out again. Just don't lie, teams. Just tell us. Like, what, what are you doing? Is Porzingis' knee actually rooted? Yeah, maybe. Is Brogdon's Achilles going to keep him out the rest of the season? Most likely. And these are the expectations we've had. But they just keep stringing us along, which I know in the real world scheme doesn't actually mean anything. But for me, trying to do fantasy projections and fantasy shows, the fact that I know that Brogdon's probably not going to play and that Porzingis is going to miss extended time, but I can't actually project that stuff out because of the bullshit information that's being fed by teams. It frustrates me. It's really frustrating. And the same goes for Schroeder. Like I just say, he's not going to play. Oh no, we want him there. We want okay. So that's going to mean you're going to sit Garrison Matthews. You're going to sit um, Josh Christopher. You're going to limit Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green. None of that makes any logical sense. So we'll have to see what they do. Now Schroeder could, you know, if Zach Levine say gets hurt and is out for two months with this knee problem, with Pat Connaughton out in Milwaukee, there there is a chance that maybe he gets bought out and goes there and plays a role. I don't love it. I don't love it though. And then Denny Avdia. In Washington, we just don't know what's going on. Is it going to be Hal Neto or Ish Smith at point guard? Smith has the higher upside, but minutes is going to be the, the question there. Avdia is a guy that they should be looking to develop. They haven't in the past, but this is again, dependent on Porzingis. Because if Porzingis does play, then do they play him at the four? Then that pushes Hachimura and Kuzma to the three. There's no minutes for Avdia. Do they play Porzingis at the five? Then there's no minutes for either Bryant or Gafford. Somehow their roster, even though they traded away Harrell and Beal's gone and Dinwiddie's gone, there's still more questions and more squishiness than ever before because we don't know that Porzingis is in or not. But Avdia is an interesting name. Let's look at some other names, which I think are interesting. Let's go to Portland. CJ Allaby and Justice Winslow. I think Justice Winslow is pretty close or must roster player. No one, I don't think, is taking that power forward spot. 
deeper leagues, you look at Greg Brown. But Winslow's putting up good numbers. Got to be aware of your percentages, but good numbers. CJ Allaby starting. Last game, he got into foul trouble. So Ben McLemore played 30 plus and he played 23. But Allaby is at least a 14-team league player and maybe a 12-team league guy. Kobe White with the injury to Zach Levine. I think you got to add him. Talked about that already. Mo Harkless. Hmm. Don't really know why Sacramento's like, all right, now we're playing him 30 minutes a night when we could play Barnes at the four. We could play Chemezi Metu. We could lean into trying to develop young guys, but no, let's get a bloke with rickety knees to play 30 minutes a night who we didn't trust to even be in the rotation earlier this season. Yeah, cool. That makes a lot of sense. Now, to be fair, Harkless is playing really well and he is a 14-team league guy at the moment and even a 12-team streamer, but I don't know if I have the right faith in that long-term. Corey Kispert, much like Abdiellak, he's going to start He's going to have some nights where he scores 20 points and hits six triples. He's going to have some nights where he scores eight points on 13 shots. And his inability to contribute consistently across other areas is what leaves me a little bit lukewarm on his value. I think he's more 14 to 16 team. Ishmith's another name there. I mentioned it already. Thad Young. Yeah, I don't know. Like we wanted to add him. We wanted to see what happened. But the concern we had is something I brought up before. What do they do with all these centers? And the answer so far is we don't play Thad. Now, I don't think that they would have invested a first-round pick that he's not going to play at all, but I'm not convinced he's going to play now enough minutes to be must-roster. If you've got him, hey, let's hold a couple more games. But I, I don't know. Kelly Linux a drop, pretty clearly. Chumra Kiki, he's, he's not pushing to 30 minutes, and Yokai Isaac's probably never coming back. I don't know. If he does, that's going to hurt a Kiki a lot. Um, but Chumo is okay. He the big defensive nights and he has these nice three-point nights. He doesn't always put it all together at once. And that's why he's not an elite player. But he's playing pretty well. And I think he probably should be on someone's roster at this point with how, how they're using the minutes. And then the last name I want to talk about is DeAndre Hunter, who I know John Collins is out. But man, has this guy been good? Like, ever? Apart from a 15-game stretch? He's outside the top 200 this year. And I don't, I don't know. Does, does it actually get better? I think we're holding on based on what's happened before his injury at the start of last season. And I don't think you should. Bye-bye, DeAndre Hunter. All right, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Give us a thumbs up if you're here on YouTube and leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.